It's time to get empowered. Welcome to the Empower Hour. This is empowering. With Jill Anderson. She's like an inspiration. Release your inhibitions. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel Welcome it to the Empower Hour. This is Jill Ann, and today we are going to be listening to episode number 74. And like, can we have a drum roll, please? <laughs> we have with us today Hastings Family Service in Hastings, Minnesota. Uh, I am visiting with Amy Sutton, who is also one of my master class facilitators. Amy, what do you do for Hastings Family Service? I'm the associate director of the agency, so what I do is um, work with all of the marketing and communications, the fundraising, the volunteer program, and then also our retail operation, which is Rivertown Treasures in Hastings. Okay. Should we add some more things on that list? (laughs) Enough. It keeps me busy. (laughs) You keep going and go, I'm like, hello. (laughs) And I also have sitting in the studio Chris Coop. Cope. Cope. Okay. My apologies. No worries. It Chris looks like Cope. Cope. And what do you do, Chris? Um, I'm the exec- executive director. So together, Amy and I tag team to uh, just keep the mission and vision alive for, for the people we serve at Hastings Family Excellent. Service. I love it. Two amazing women leading an organization. That's right. Yes, yes. Girl okay. Power. Exactly. So today we are going to talk a little bit about, you know, not only Hastings Family Service, but I think, um, you know, what the services that you do provide to a community and what that truly means to the people that live in it. Um, I think what happens in most communities is we don't even realize all of the amazing things that, number one, you're doing, but even more so, we don't put a face on some of those really super huge basic needs that the people in our communities need. So tell us um, first a little bit about what do you all do? What What's like the goal or the, the purpose of the Hastings Family Service Center? Well, our mission is the people of Hastings reaching out as family in support and service to one another. And what we do is provide for the basic needs of the community. And I love what you just said because the fact is basic needs are often hidden. Uh, Those symptoms, the hunger, the homelessness, um, we don't often see that in our communities, but it's definitely there. And so places like Hastings Family Service are so important because they give a voice to that need. Um, and a place for people to go um, that is a safe place where they can reach out and get help and hope. Okay. And so how many, so how big is Hastings? Like what's the population? It's about 23,000. Okay. In addition, we serve our school district, which is about six or seven little rural communities. So we serve about 35,000 people. Okay. And out of that, so there's that population, how many people then are you directly touching that you know of? Of course, I'm sure there's this ripple effect, right, of sure. of the services that you provide. But like, do, do you? What's the number you work with? 
last year we served a little over 3,000 uh, individuals, so unduplicated individuals in one or more programs. Um, so again, sometimes we see them multiple times, sometimes we just see them once. So um, Typically it's one in every 11 or one in every 12 people within our service area um, have utilized one of our programs. And are they all families? Not necessarily. Okay. It's the whole gamut, you know, really birth to death. I hate to say it. But, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, whatever the need is, it, it you just never can predict if it's the impact of a, a, a family having a child with a disability and they're really struggling because uh, they're down to one income and having to deal with just the new um the new expectations of having it to get to a doctor appointment and dad having to take off work and now um, the income has been cut tremendously so they come to our food shelf because they're just not getting by and we uh, we fi find out that um, one of the real challenges is that one car doesn't allow dad to stay at work and mom to go to the appointment so we line up transportation because we have a transportation program give mom and the little guy a ride up to the hospital once a week and now dad can stay at work so the root cause as Amy was saying um, is what we really want to get to and a lot of times we might just see a symptom of what it is and then by sitting down face to face we can learn so much more about what the real issue is so for that particular family we're no longer seeing them other than providing transportation up to the, up to I think it's United Hospital once, okay. once a week and wow. uh, they don't need to come to the food shelf any longer so I would imagine and I could be wrong how difficult is it for the ask. Which kind of ask? For a client to ask. For help. Yes. You know, we see that all the time because we have a retail operation as well um, where we've created uh, just kind of a welcoming area where people can come in and sit and have a cup of coffee and warm up and that type of thing. And and we'll see people there frequently for a while before they get up the courage to ask us about services. Or we'll see them there and we'll we'll sit down and visit with them and, and ask, do you know that we offer these things? And um, so it's, it's very hard. Uh, one of the things we love about, uh, we recently moved into a, a different building. We, we've, we now have a permanent home in Hastings. Yay. And um, it has a client services entrance. Okay. So there's a, a place where people can, can come to ask for help. And it's a little um, more private and offers a little more dignity. And we hope that helps people to, to do that. Yeah. So tell me, what does it look like, you know, when you, you talk about the hidden, the hidden needs within your, your community? So Hastings, I've been there several times. I ran your turkey trot, run, or the, the gobble gates. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Gobble gate on Thanksgiving this, mm -hmm. this past year. Um, you know, Hastings is a beautiful little town. And I didn't see any homeless people. I didn't see any people not getting their basic needs met. So help us understand and create that picture in our mind. Because Hastings is like Hudson, where I grew up, is like St. Paul, is like any community in the United States. I feel has these same issues that we don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important 
you know, since this is a podcast, how do, what does that look like? What do, what are community people not seeing that we need to become more aware of because they are part of our family? They're in our community. I think you're, I think you're right. It isn't, it's hidden. You don't see it. And Jillian and I started uh, at Hastings Family Service in 2005, and I always tell my first day story, and I still to this day can't tell it without choking up because I naively came into this position working in the nonprofit sector for my entire career, but never really in this specific industry. I had lived in Hastings for 20 years, so I knew there were not hungry people that lived in my community. Now, I knew there were hungry people, you know, on the freeway and in St. Paul and Minneapolis, but definitely not in Hastings. Not in Hastings. I've never seen them. You got this really awesome job. I did. Cool service exactly because our city is so awesome which it is yes exactly yeah so the first day I thought I'd be a new new employee orientation but in a small nonprofit, there really isn't such a thing (laughs) there there is now there is now I have one it really was here's your desk Um, and so I really was sitting at my desk like at 9 30 in the morning and opening drawers everybody went to work and like looking in file cabinets and this young couple walked in the door of our then thrift store which was very close to where I was officed and I saw them standing there and they had a piece of paper in their hand and uh, there was a little two-year-old curly-haired little two-year-old and mom was pregnant and no one had come up and asked them if they needed help so I thought I'd go out and see what they needed and and I said could I help you and um, the the dad had showed me his piece of paper he said I have an eviction notice and I don't get paid until Friday and they're going to evict us tomorrow and we just don't know what to do. And so, of course, I didn't know what to do. So I said, well, let me go see if I can find someone to help you. And so I introduced him to one of our social worker type positions, Mary. And from there, she continued to sit down with them. And this gentleman was a hardworking man who worked in construction. His wife was going to school at Inver Hills Community College in nursing. And because it was winter, um, his hours had been cut and they just weren't getting by. And we proceeded to find out that in addition to not paying their rent, they hadn't um, been able to buy groceries. And so what they were doing is they were holding on to the little bit of food they had so the two-year-old wouldn't go without. And so the pregnant mom and the dad had not been eating. And so at that very moment, Mary offered them something to eat. And we don't have like a food service. So she went into the the market or food shelf and um, got some just portable foods, cheese and crackers and little juices and things like that. And from my office where I sat on my first day, I always describe this as hearing the sounds of hunger mm. because I could hear them, you know, opening these cans of juice and V8 and I could hear the little boy saying cookies. Oh. And I was just so taken back. And in that year, we um, we ask a question when people come through our door, has anyone in your household skipped a meal in the past month because there wasn't enough food? And that year, 23% reported that, yes, um, someone wow. had gone without. And this last year in 2016 at Hastings Family Services, and this is probably a common statistic across our state, 51% of the people who entered our building reported someone had not eaten in the 51%. past. 51%. 51%. Wow. So, you know, I, I equate that to looking around just in a, in a whether it's a cafe or Absolutely. wherever you are. Um, you know, it isn't always 50% of the general population, but 51% of that small service population that we're seeing. Yep. 
didn't eat. And so you don't see them. They aren't they aren't like third world country um, starving people where their ribs are, are sticking out. The hard part is you do see them because it's the person next to you in church. It's yes. the person serving you Excellent at the local point. store. Mm-hmm. It's the person, it's the child sitting next to your child in school. I always say my aha moment came my first year at Hastings Family Service as well. And it was when my daughter... It was the last two weeks of school, and she she was a, a kindergartner and started asking me if she could take an orange to school each day. And I didn't know why, because they didn't really get to eat the snacks. So I thought, maybe she's hungry on the bus coming home. I yeah. don't know. She can take <laughs> an orange. She likes oranges, <laughs> right? But then the very next week, on Monday again, Mom, can I take an orange to school? And I finally said, Taylor, why do you need to take oranges to school? And she said, because they're Nancy's favorite. And I said, well, why does Nancy need oranges? Because pretty soon school is out, and then she doesn't get lunch, so we're hiding them under her bed. Oh, my god! And I'm thinking, you know, at that point, I'd seen that little girl in class many times through, yeah. through the year with my daughter. I had seen her fidget and not be able to sit still, and the sweetest little thing, but... And I, you know, I'm working at a food shelf at that point. I, you know, what did I learn at that point? I had a lot to learn because I didn't recognize at that point that she was Was hungry. hungry. But, you know, the beautiful part of that story, here's two little barely six-year-old girls on a playground, and they figured out something to do about it. Yeah. And if two little six-year-old girls can figure out something to do about, can't we? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. It was just the best, you know, like almost the worst and the best moment all at the same time. Yeah. Like it was my aha moment that, boy, it's right there and we don't see it. So speaking of school, such moving stories, how do you, what what work do you do with the schools? We work, we work very closely with the schools, whether it's the school counselors or the social workers or even the principals sometime. And so we're, we're able to, um, you know, work with those families. However, it really, we have to also respect the choice of a family. And you'd asked a good question about, um, you know, is it difficult to do the ask? And many times what will happen is a teacher or a counselor will um, let a family know that we exist. But really then it is up to that family um, to come through the door. Sure. And that sometimes is a real challenge and a barrier for many people. And so um, there aren't direct referrals or anything like that. But um, definitely our school district is part of how we do this work. Um, They are our advocate and our voice and and definitely try to refer people. We do a good job of letting people know. We have a school supplies program that typically helps between 350 and 370 kids each fall. You know, we have a Meals on Wheels program. We're the ones, uh, we do that in conjunction with uh, Regina Hospital down there. So that's, you know, more serving the seniors and some of those homebound folks in the community and trying to keep them in their homes. Yep. So it's not just the food shelf. It's, you know, we have a voucher program at our clothing store. So if people need a coat or they need to come in and they can't afford clothing or household goods, um, you know, we live... uh, we live in a society where where you need things, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you know we're able to provide that the, uh, from a principal or from a local elementary school about um, a child who consistently doesn't come with gloves or boots. Well, then they're not able to go outside. Um, the playground during the winter sure. time. So they'll give us a call and say, is it possible we could get some extra boots and mittens? And that's something we can easily provide them. Because again, the child, to no fault of their own, just isn't equipped. Um, and so we want to make sure that there isn't a barrier for that child to play with the other kids. Right. So what do, like, what is the number one need in 
York in Hastings that you are are experiencing, and given what you know about community services that you provide, is it the same like basic needs in every community or? Yeah, we're, that's a good question. Right now, we're um, one of the big challenges that we're um, dealing with and, and evaluating what is it that we're going to do is we've had a larger um, increase in the homeless population that um, you are seeing homeless people on the street or outside okay. on park benches um, sleeping outside overnight. Um, even now today, we're seeing bikes in our bike, ra- bike ra- rack all year long, and it's not because... Um, these are fat tire bikers who are just all into the health and right, this, is, right. this is their, this is their um, main mode of getting yeah. around. And so, um, you know, we are not a shelter environment. We, um, one of the great tools that we have as an agency, because uh, we, we are really kind of the place to turn when you do need help. And many times community members will turn to us and say, you know, you should really consider you know, starting to do this or starting to do that. And so we've had to really spend a lot of time looking at what's mission critical and does does this fit our mission? Sure. Um, and we even developed a tool at our last strategic plan, and we call it our strategic response tool. We haven't come up with a fun name for it. But what it really is was a, a whole bunch of questions that help us go through the process of making sure that we're asking the right questions and looking at are we the right people to do this? If we're not the right people to do this and, and address this need because we don't have the expertise, we don't have there's not a financial sustainability for something like that. Um, you know, it's just really outside of what our mission is. Then who do we need to start talking to? And, and that doesn't mean we can just wash our hands and just ignore the fact that homelessness is on the rise in our own community. But, but we who need can to, we partner with? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's something that would be our biggest challenge right now. And I think it's a huge challenge across our nation because the resources are limited. Um, there's, um, you would think, as our economy is is looking better with low gas prices and unemployment rate that's at a, at a really lower level than lots of jobs available. For some reason, there's more and more homelessness than we've ever seen. And um, we're, we're really challenged with what we can do to better serve that population. Well, and I think it's a great point of, you know, doing it. It's that intentionality of any community and in, in, in life in general is it's there. So let's think on the front end, what do we need to do? I, I think what's interesting, and it's one of my frustrations that I personally, that, that I have with communities in general is that when you have a service provider such as you, you know, the wonderful things that you all do day in and day out, the finger automatically gets pointed to you. Like, what are you going to do about that? And I want all the listeners right now to stop pointing the finger at you. You're there to help. You provide services. But the real, the real finger pointing needs to start at us. What am I going to do? Right. And, you know, we are very blessed in in the small town of Hastings that we're in because many times what people will say is we should really open up Excellent. a homeless shelter. Yep. And that's part of the really unique culture that we have. You know, Hastings Family Service um, 
started in 1970. It was a grassroots effort by some community members providing clothing for families that didn't have enough clothing. And soon that just kind of morphed into additional services. And um, as we were referencing before, the school district talks about our mission and helping someone other than yourself with our with children. They learn about that all the way from kindergarten all the way to graduation. We're a part of the DNA of the, the education system in Hastings and our faith community. And so people really see it as their organization, and that is very, very unique. I don't think um, people will say all the time, um, you know, why isn't there a Hastings family service in Rosemont where, where yeah. Amy lives or in Red Wing where my parents live? And I've fi- my only answer is because it's not Hastings. And I'm not from Hastings originally, but but there's just a, a small town um, ownership and pride um, that has helped um, really evolve and develop and support Hastings Family Service. And people feel it's their organization. I've been doing fundraising for 20 years now, and I've I've never seen anything like the the support and the passion that people show for what we do at Hastings Family Service. Um, they really make it possible for us to be more than just a bag of food. We, you know, we have staff because they support us at a level where we can have staff who will sit down with people and really get to the bottom of why are they there. You know, the young couple that Chris referenced right off the bat, their, their real issue wasn't food, it was transportation. We wouldn't have known that if they just came in for food and we handed them a bag of food and they left. Right, right. We could find a longer-term solution, and that's what having that kind of support does for us. So given the fact that you have so many – you provide these amazing services, and I remember back in my probation officer days, you know, there were some, there were some cases where you literally – it, it it was hard, but like you, your hands were tied. What's the hardest part of doing what you do? What's the biggest challenge? Yeah, we, um, there are times where we can't help people. Um, and there are times when we have to say no. Um, and part of our philosophy and the way that we, um, provide such things as we provide financial assistance for folks. We might pay someone's rent or pay for a um, prescription. Um, But in order to do that, that needs to solve the crisis. And so many times offering that assistance isn't going to solve the crisis. The crisis will recreate itself again, you know, two weeks later. And those, those are the times that we have to say we can't help. And that is difficult. Um, It's, Maybe I don't know if it's a tough love. Um, we just have to we have to have some guidelines on how we do that. If we just paid everyone's late rent every time they came to us, we, yeah. we wouldn't be around any longer. So what it I think though does is um, it demonstrates um, it demonstrates a sense of um, doing what's right and um, Hope and it's interesting because we really—it's rare I get a complaint call as executive director when we we have to deny people for services and mm-hmm. that is not fun. Um, we have to send people out on the street with a tent and a sleeping bag like we did last week at at five o'clock at night because there are no places to send them. Yeah, and um, 
it but doesn't. And then you go it. home to your home. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Nice right. Yes. right. I mean, that's hard yes, for, it, it for service workers that are, are filled with, you know, you're filling, you're giving compassion and it's that compassionate care yeah. that also stresses you out right. because you, you're on the front lines experiencing right. it. And then you have to go home. You get to go home. Yeah. to your nice warm house and you know it's such a reminder though every day of what we have to be grateful for yeah um that's the beautiful part of it is i just go home every day so grateful mm-hmm. um that that i get to do that kind of work and that i get to go home to my family yeah yeah hastings family service like when i got there uh, 12 years ago and just what i've learned all these years is has always kind of come um, and acted on a, from a heart of generosity however never from um never to a point where we are just um enabling folks yeah so it's a happy it, it's a partnership it, it really is a partnership and you know one of our values is that we expect people to do the best of their ability whatever that is for them so we might expect you Jillian to, to do something very different than I might expect yes. Amy to do and so we're going to meet people and walk alongside them but we're going to come from a heart of generosity and one of the other things that I really appreciate and I, I'm not I don't my job doesn't require giving out the services. I don't, that's not my job, but I sit next to our two social workers and I get to witness it every day. And many times we do have to say, no, that's something that we cannot do. Um, however, we can offer them something else. And it is really just a beautiful thing. Um, you know, our, one of our tagline is help and hope. And many times it's just, just the, the act of unburdening all of your trials and tribulations with someone who you know maybe can walk alongside you and kind of help you start to uh, tackle some of them and maybe not others and in the maybe I didn't get my rent paid but I walked out with maybe some passes to go to a nature center to see an exhibit for free for my kids and um, I got some food and I got a voucher so I can go up and get new clothing I walked out with something so we're gonna do the best that we can to provide help and hope but we're not going to create a dependency because we're an emergency food shelf. We're an emergency services organization. We're not just an ongoing um, resource that just continues to give, give, give. Right. And we just can't. So when it comes to the services that you provide, what are the like your top three needs that you have right now that people who are listening can say, hey, I can help out with that? Well, you know, a great opportunity right now is March is Minnesota Food Share Month. Um, The Minnesota Food Share March campaign is uh, something put on by the Greater Minneapolis Council of Churches, and it's an effort statewide to restock food shelves. And so right now, when people provide pounds of food or dollars to their local food shelf, those pounds and those dollars can be proportionately matched by Minnesota Food Share and have an even greater impact. Oh. So for us, March is a really big month. Um, and I'd say, you know, that's always one of our greatest needs is just to keep our food shelf stocked. Um, you know, we try really hard to uh, provide nutritious options so yep. that, you know, that helps with some of the other issues that people have. 
And so I think uh, that's probably the biggest thing in March that we're looking at is is really restocking the food shelf. Okay. Most of the food shelves um, in the state are also um, members of the the local food banks here in the Twin Cities at Second Harvest Heartland. So um, this time of year, uh, particularly, we're really we have a, a major goal of raising one hundred and sixty thousand dollars and thirty five thousand pounds of food. So it's more money than food because the reality is through Second Harvest we can purchase food for as little as fourteen cents a pound. Wow! And so when we raise money. We're able to take those dollars and stretch them that much further sure. than we would if if you were to go out yourself and buy thirty five dollars worth of food, right. Cub or Coburns or wherever. So I see on your website you have a donate now button, we and sure so do. that is where I can myself, any of the listeners can go to the website, click on donate now, and just literally it will walk me through making a donation that you're going to get to be able to help you with what the mission of what you're doing in serving families cool. in in the Hastings community. That's correct. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. So, should uh, we should we share that website? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you go for it. Hey, let us uh let us uh tell you that hastingsfamilyservice.org is a great website to go to, and we're having a citywide food fight um, for oh. the month of March, which is really kind of fun. So we have all kinds of groups that are um, registering on our site and telling us all the great things that they're doing this month. And and again, that's a, a gratitude piece. We want to be able to just say thank you to people and to promote what they're doing. And so, so not only is it a place where you can donate, but you can get great ideas about how you can help your local food shelves. Sure. So um, I always like to ask my guests... Um, um, a really good question. And so my question for you all is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And we were talking on the way here that it's a really, it's a really <laughs> tough, tough question. I think, for, you know, I guess for me, I think it's to do what's right. And um, I'm a Christian. And um, whether you're a Christian or not, we know in our hearts in the bottom of our tummies, what is the right thing to do? The challenge is then to act on that yeah. and do it. But I'll tell you that the times that I do what's right, it is always the best decision. It is the right decision. Um, and But it isn't always easy. Yeah, no, that's true. So, it's not always easy to do the right thing, but when you do it, it does come back. Mm-hmm. So you got to listen to your, you have yeah. to listen to those little inklings that you're yep. getting. And I think... Uh, Cool. Thank you. What about you, Amy? Well, I think you have to listen to Jill Ann Anderson, who tells you that <laughs> oh, you, you should uh, <laughs> that you should live a life of gratitude. Yeah. You know, I, I'm wearing my gratitude I, necklace I from my Be More it. box today. I noticed it. Um, I think that that it, when you you know, Chris talked about it when you work and you're at home and you just and everything you do comes from a heart of generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, it all comes back to you twofold. Yes. And, um, you know, I think that's been a good reminder for me over the past year since I've met you, Jill, is it's it's important to keep that at the forefront. Yeah. And, you know, here's the cool thing about it is that what you learn in your Be More box and what I'm sure in, in what you all are mentioning today is it's not any big thing. Like it's not, you're not asking for, a thousand dollars, a hundred. You're not. It's just, just give us some food. I don't. It's whatever. 
if we all, if all the listeners would just take action on something. I always tell people, if we just all do what we all can, can do, do. Mm-hmm. life changes. Yes. It's life changing. Yep. And that, that's gratitude. It's being so grateful for what you already have. Right. Right. And, and the small little things that you get throughout your, that you have throughout your day that you don't even, you just take for granted. Exactly. Those are the things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm grateful for you two and Hastings Family Service for providing such a valuable service to your community, um, as well as all the other service agencies in our communities that serve, you know, every com- most communities have them and i think it's one of those you are like our unseen and unheard heroes in our communities you really are and i think you all deserve a standing ovation <laughs> big big applause <laughs> yay <laughs> thank you so thank you so much for joining me um on this episode and listeners please, please, please go to HastingsFamilyService.org. Click on that Donate Now button. Or heck, if you're in the area, stop by. Drop off some food. Give them a call. Let them know. Uh, let them know, hey, say, hey, what do, we, what do you need? I'll drop it by. I can bring it. Their phone number is 651-437-7134. And for all of you listeners that are out in in outside of the Twin Cities, outside of Hastings, wherever you are, whatever community you live in, please go and 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 provide, donate, provide something to your own community service agency because you can make a difference. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empower Hour. 